Hello, welcome to Chris and Matt's Skim Wikipedia, the podcast where, you know, we do the bullshit we do, uh, podcast in and podcast out, you know how it goes by this point, I'm not in the mood to come up with anything clever to start the episode, <coughs> I'm already coughing, which is great, <laughs> coughing right through the mic, I should probably have a cough button because I'm, I'm sick, we had to sort of like figure out a time to squeeze this podcast episode in, so this is going to be A-plus podcasting from the <laughs> award-winning podcasting duo, duo, god damn it. <laughs> yeah, Dino, We're, we are the podcasting Dino, there will be no white flag above our ship oh, or whatever. I love that song. It, yeah, I remember uh, in my senior year of high school, uh, this is not something you can skim on Wikipedia, but we <laughs> yeah, talk about Unless that Wikipedia <laughs> page is for your high school experience. <laughs> No, I, I think my high school used to be on Wikipedia, but I don't know if it is now. Well, that's a thing I can look up while I'm doing this. Anyways, we had... We're looking uh, at my high school, too. I'm interested now. Yeah, we had it. Because, I mean, I went to a sizable high school. My and high school's a lot of, on there. Sick. Uh, there's so many high schools with the name, though. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Yeah, boy. Let's see here. School information. Hasn't been updated since 2013, 2014. As of the 2013-2014 school year, Stevenson had a total enrollment of 1,995. Of that, 1,718 were white, 149 were African-American, 78 were Asian or Pacific Islander, and 33 were Hispanic. Uh, I don't think my, my the Wikipedia page for Cranford High School has a breakdown <laughs> like that. Uh, it does have, according to this in 2015-2016, an enrollment of 1,100 people, which seems high. Yeah, but I well, guess there's four, I don't know how many grades are in it now. If it's like, because when I was there, it was like ninth through twelfth grade. But like every now and then, they like they like flip it up, and they're like, yeah. now it's uh, now it's like you get seventh and eighth graders in there. Oh, no, it says yeah. it's, it says that it's uh, got four grades. This is this is the A plus podcasting my, that you, yeah, I'm sure you were hoping only, for. My high school only had three grades. That's three grades, and right now, so apparently, of 2016, 2017. The enrollment was 1,932, but that's way down from like when I went there, or like way back in the day. Because as of in fall of 2012, the school, this is just 10th through 12th grade, had an enrollment of 2,881, making it the third largest high school in Michigan, baby. Hell but yeah. then people stopped having kids because millennials don't have kids, baby. Yeah, millennials are ruining the kid having business. Yeah. But no one ever talks about how we're saving the the sex education business. What am I thinking of? Sex, safe sex, sex. I'm Matt. I'm Chris. And the podcast. I'm gonna keep. I know we caught. Does anybody? I don't know if you're. Did anybody notable go to your high school? Like on my high school's page, it notes the two professional hockey players and one professional football man who went to my high school played sports there. Uh, no, not that I'm aware <laughs> of. But we do have a section in our Wikipedia that says in the movies, and it includes our one big claim to fame is that two seasons of. The Adventures of Pete and Pete were filmed in my town. Oh shit! Yeah, uh, boy. But we, our high school, which is weird about this, is our high school does appear in the opening credits for Ed, I believe, <laughs> and is also our town. It was like for a hot second there in the early two thousands, our town was like in a million movies. Like there were just like a lot of movies filming there. Like the uh, Ashton Kutcher remake of uh, Guess Who's Coming to Dinner was filmed there. <laughs> Some other movies, I, I can't remember. Ed and Pete and Pete I remember very well. Um, one time they filled a Sprite commercial and Grant Hill was on my block and I got his <laughs> autograph. 
Grant Hill was, I mean, Grant Hill was from, he played his professional basketballing for a long time in the Detroit this area. This was during so. the strike, so the, the, um, uh. the ad only, it was like an ad where, like, you got to see what him and, I think, Tim Duncan were up to during the strike. Uh. And uh, my house is featured in it very briefly. Ooh. And also, it shows what they're up to, and they're, like, doing, like, neighborhood chores, like, mowing the lawn. However, mm-hmm. like, shortly after, like, it aired, the strike ended, and they stopped running the commercial. <laughs> well, I should say, it was a lockout. as the owners, the greedy owners, locking out the players to try and make more money, uh, as opposed to a strike, which is when the players go on mm-hmm. strike to try and stop the greedy owners from, you know, taking advantage of them. So, it's, Hey, uh, as I so frequently say... I stand corrected. Yes, and I stand correcting. I, and I stand and I s- Hey, if we don't stand together, we fall apart. Is that the expression? I think it's uh, united we stand, divided, divided we fall. Let's work together. Da, da, da. What, what the fuck movie is that? Like You just like some... made that up. No. United, what the fuck? My phone's buzzing. Oh, but, uh, cool, cool flex. Yeah, buzzing with an app telling me uh, <laughs> things happen. Hey, you yeah. haven't used Apple Maps in a while. I never use Apple Maps. Uh, it knows. Or Apple D-Apps. Apple's, it, uh, Apple's D-Apps. Let's work together. Oh, that's um, <laughs> T2, the Mighty Ducks. Oh, cool. When the, when the Team USA is learning, because, you know, as we all know in that movie, here's what happens if you're not familiar with D2, the Mighty Ducks. A movie, speaking of high school, I remember when D2, I was in senior D2, Judgment Day. When I was in senior year of high school, I was a teacher's assistant uh, third period, my second semester, because I transferred out of newspaper class because I didn't like it because my teacher didn't like that. I tried to write jokes into everything, even when they were supposed to be funny. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'd already gotten all my credits I needed, so I basically was just blowing off that uh, you know, hour every day. And uh, so I was there with my, my buddy George. We were both assistants, even though teachers needed zero assistance, but this was a, like a laid-back chill teacher who had two assistants for one class third period. Anyways, I... Uh, went basically uh, hit every single beat for the plot of D2, the Mighty Ducks, from memory. And I could probably do that still right now. I won't, but I can certainly tell you. I can certainly tell you. The premise is that Gordon Bombay, he's playing minor league hockey for the Minnesota Waves, even though he's kind of like on the older end. But then he gets uh, injured by some like jerk player, and he's like sort of he's drifting. He goes back to his hometown to hang out with Jans, and now Charlie Conway's there sharpening skates. They have Haas and Pfeffer and eggs, which is apparently like a rabbit. And then a guy named Mr. Tibbles, who was a sponsor for Hendricks Hockey, tries to convince um, Gordon Bombay to coach the Team USA at the Junior Goodwill Games, and he reluctantly agrees because he can take all of his various Ducks players, not all of them, uh, Pete from the first movie, Tammy and Tommy Duncan from the first movie, Jesse Hull's brother Terry, and I believe Carp. None of them are back for this movie. Okay, okay, but... okay. Stop, stop talking. Shut, <laughs> shut, the, shut the fuck up. Uh, let, me tell you, get... let me tell you something I hate about D2 The Mighty Ducks. One, it's called D2 The Mighty Ducks, but it could just be called The Mighty Ducks 2. Or Ducks 2, but I mean, I think the original title was D2, D2 the, the Mighty back? Ducks Are Back. I thought it was that forever. According to the Wikipedia page, it is called D2, the Mighty Ducks, also known as the Mighty Ducks 2, or the Mighty Ducks colon part 2. I, I would also that. accept the Mighty Ducks colon chapter 2. Oh, it's style. Because they, uh, they overcome Team Iceland and its coach Wolf the Dennis Stanson by uh, making fun of him and bullying him into disappearing, which is what I gather happens in It Chapter 2. By the time people hear this, it'll be long gone news. 
Let me, a spoiler. Let me, let me talk to you a little bit about the production <laughs> section of the D2 Mighty Ducks Wikipedia page. Please do. Okay, production. First point. Mighty Ducks spawned a sequel, and <laughs> Iceland was chosen instead of Russia as enemies. Guess how many external references this this has? Five. Close. Four. Oh. <laughs> Seems like a lot of sources for... Oh, wait. Okay, okay so we got some... Some links. How Iceland became the Mighty Ducks' number one villain from June 2019. Okay, let me see this page. Oh, it's this is like a podcast. Oh, my gosh. What the fuck? Oh, a podcast about D2. Is it an episode of Existential Parachute Pants calling a 90s pop okay. culture podcast? Quack, quack, quack. The oral history of the Mighty Ducks. Man, was it like the 25th anniversary of the Mighty Ducks this year or something? I think the movie... Came oh, you know, you know what? I think someone just like updated this one, added this one sentence. So some uh, some editor added this one sentence <laughs> to it and added four links <laughs> to prove its validity. Nice. By the way, uh, while we record this, here's a bit of posterity. I decided it would be interesting to put on the first episode of SmackDown on Fox. So I'm watching that on mute. So I have something to comment on. Or distract me, depending. I thought it could be interesting, like, you know, change of pace, an interesting change of fodder. I mean, so far, I'm watching Vince McMahon standing on a stage, so it's already golden uh, content right there. Mm, that sounds golden, baby. Yeah, indeed it is. Oh, oh, oh I could, my uh, hometown has its own section on Wikipedia. When I click on it, it's, let's see, it has uh, other high schools, um, oh, people from... Is it a, let's see. Um, I know these people are notable. They're all like local politicians, other than Mario Impemba, who used to be the voice uh, of the uh, what do you call them, the uh, Detroit Tigers. But then he got in like a fist fight with the other announcer over like um, like a chair or something. So they both got fired. <laughs> and so now I don't know what Mario Impemba is doing. I did go to high school with his cousin. Oh, he's apparently working with the Boston Red Sox now as a part-time play-by-play announcer for their radio network. Okay. Yeah. Uh, do you want to take a quick guess at uh, who uh, covers Bachman Turner Overdrive? You ain't seen nothing yet on the soundtrack to D2 The Mighty Ducks? Oh, man. There's nothing I love more. Does the soundtrack include that Let's Work Together song I was talking about? Mm, okay. I'm going to read the soundtrack. Queen, so. we will rock you, obviously. <laughs> oh, yeah. It ends with We Are the Champions. I know that much, too. Blank. Yeah, that's not the last one on. That's Ooh. not the last track listing on it. Blank. You ain't seen nothing yet. A Bachman Turner Overdrive cover. Gary Glitter Rock and Roll. Ooh. Martha Wash. Mr. Big Stuff. Oh, yeah. David I New- that scene. David Newman. Mighty Duck Sweet. So that must be from the original <laughs> score. Tag Team. Woomp. Uh, I remember in that scene. There it is. That's when the um, urban uh, hockey playing teens teach uh the snooty team usa is this one you get the third bash brother uh no the third bash brother is uh ken Wu. well well that's what he teaches in the thick glove shirt thing yes yeah so they meet russ tyler who has his knuckle puck of course played by yeah the the knuckle puck uh comes into play in this one what was the big move in the first one um well it's the triple deke i thought there was like a big knuckle puck-esque well uh fulton Uh, reed has a huge slap shot okay that's just it He's yeah. the bad kid, right? He's the original yeah. Bash brother? Yeah, he. And then he joins up with Dean Portman from Chicago, who's one of the new characters. Uh, the first day, don't like Are the though. Bash brothers not in the original? No, it's just Fulton Reed. Dean Portman is one of the people kids add to the team. 
uh, but he's like the one who's not added to give them like a sense of like uh, uh, diversity because the other new ones are Luis Mendoza, who's a you know a, a, a you, Latinx. you keep referring to them as the new ones. This film came out roughly twenty five years ago. <laughs> they were they were the ones added to the team because Team USA is the core of the Ducks team from Minnesota plus a handful of kids taken from literally all across the United States. There's Luis Mendoza, who's Latinx, and he's from uh, Miami. He's very fast, but he doesn't know how to stop. There's Julie the Cat Gaffney from Bangor, Maine. She's a goalie and a girl. There's Dean Portman, a tough guy from Chicago. There's Dwayne Robertson, who is a from Texas, and he's very Southern, and he uh, wears a cowboy hat, and he lassos a player during the final game. And then there's, of course, Ken Wu, who is Asian, and was a former figure skater, but then they put a stick in his hands and nobody's been able to touch him since. But he's the one who also has to learn how to fight because he's like a littler kid. And then he uh, learns the fight. Do you want to take a guess at... Uh, I'm looking at Sam Weissman, the director of D2 The Mighty Ducks' Wikipedia page. Do you want to take a guess at naming <coughs> one of his other films? Uh, hmm, let me think. Did he direct any of the Baby Geniuses movies? Good guess. These are. Let me. Let me. Let me. Let me start off by saying he has never. The the D two is probably the best film he's directed. I believe the first movie also was directed by Stephen Brill, and I think I know a couple movies that he directed. I believe he directed a movie called like Walk of Shame or something. I reviewed once upon a time. Started Elizabeth Banks. Oh um, uh, yeah, I remember Walk of Shame. It was. Okay. It was like that was her, her like. They gave her like we're, they're like all right Elizabeth Banks, we give you one shot at, at opening a movie. And if it doesn't go, it's your fault. And you're that's what be, happened. Now she just directs movies. Yeah, going to be Rita Repulsa in yeah. the Power Rangers movie. Oh, yeah. I didn't see that. Um, no, he didn't. But he did direct uh, <laughs> Bye Bye Love, a film that I saw the trailer for like two weeks ago for some reason. And I don't remember why. And then I spent like an hour like reading about Bye Bye Love, the Paul Reiser film. <laughs> Interesting. I'm gonna have to look up this guy. You, you know who gets? You want to know who gets top billing over Paul Reiser and, and Randy Quaid in Bye Bye Love? Yes, more than anything. Matthew Modine. Nice. That doesn't seem right, uh, right? The, yeah, the, the, by the way, I've also speaking. Oh, 1994 is when it came out. So this would be the 25th anniversary, I guess, uh, of when. Bye it Bye came Love. Out. Anywho, let's see. The film's directed by Sam Weissman. The out of, oh the out of, oh the George of the Jungle movie oh he directed Jicky Roberts former child star that movie is dreadful. <laughs> well, I don't think there's a single movie other than maybe Tommy Boy that stars David Spade that isn't dreadful. I got a, and, I got a soft spot for the first Joe Dirt. Mm, interesting. I, I, I say I, the first Joe Dirt as if I seen the direct to Crackle sequel. <laughs> oh, Crackle! They used to have you, yeah. It'll crackle you up. Uh. Oh, I thought I thought you were stopping to laugh at me, say you're crackling me up. I was, uh, but apparently Stephen Brill he won a Golden Raspberry Award for worst director. I don't know for, oh, he's one of many directors. Oh, he shared it uh, in 2013. What movie did? Oh, he's oh he's one of the people who directed on movie 43. Oh, along with so what? 43 people got that one that year. I, I don't know. The people that his names are listed include Elizabeth Banks. Okay, let me um, tell you something. Let me Dunn, shut, 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 shut the shut the fuck up for a second. <laughs> shut up, Brett Ratner. Shut up. Uh, you are wrong. I'm the one who's standing correct. <laughs> Stephen Brill did not direct the first Mighty Ducks. He did it. Did he just write it then? It was directed by Stephen Herrick. Oh, he must. Have he just... did. Steve Brill did uh, write it though. Uh, uh, Stephen yeah. Herrick has an amazing. Uh, 
filmography of films that I truly, absolutely love, uh, including the first Critters movie, which I think is fantastic. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, which is a Stone Cold oh, classic. Yeah, no doubt. Don't Can't tell Mom the, the Babysitter's one. Dead. Not bad. Uh, and a, a, a movie uh, which my friend in middle school told me it was the worst film he's ever seen. Uh, Eddie Murphy's Holy Man. <laughs> I've seen that movie. It is. Fucking, fucking hates that fun. movie. It's so um, we We rented it as a family at like a cottage or something like as like kids like you know like oh uh we need something to do while we're at this cottage like you know a way to spend some time as a family like a family movie night and we rented holy man and it was so boring <laughs> it's like the most boring thing of all time the rocks on smackdown right now he's raising his fist and people are happy aka dwayne johnson A.K.A. Oh, speaking of, uh, he directed a film for WWE Studios starring Triple H called The Chaperone, um, which stars Triple H and Yardley Smith in her only film appearance, I have to assume. Aside from, like, the Twilight Zone movie, I think? She is in The Legend of Billie Jean. No, she's she's in the Twilight Zone movie, too, isn't she? Yeah, she may very well be in that, but I know she's in The Legend of Billie Jean I'm looking her up on Wikipedia because this is Chris and Matt Skim Wikipedia. Uh, uh, she's in Toys. She's in City Slickers. She's in a couple movies. She yeah. is not in the Twilight Zone movie, but she is in Maximum Overdrive. <laughs> That's right, yeah. And she's um, in City Slickers. City Slickers. <laughs> um, yeah, okay, so what else? Uh, he directed Mr. Holland's Opus. Mm, my favorite uh, opus. Which is kind of, it feels like, looking at it now, kind of feels like his... Uh, Peter Farley's Green Book, where he's like, I'm gonna make a movie that's gonna like get me an Oscar, despite the fact that I've like yeah. basically directed like pretty yeah. like low rent comedies. Well, Although, he, can't like, make, he, he can't make he, comedy anymore because of woke culture. Many years ago. <laughs> yeah, sorry for you cannot make comedies anymore. You yeah. you can only <laughs> like, culture's too woke. Yeah, the culture's too woke for it. You can't make your overtly like you can't be the most overtly misogynistic <laughs> major yeah, filmmaker. Yeah. You, uh, yeah, it, that had nothing to do with uh, wokeness. Had everything to do with why no one would see the Hangover Three. <laughs> that that um, Starsky and Hutch movie has any, but was better than it had any right to be though. Even though it still has I remember, terrible I roles for women. But uh, I mean, there is that scene in Todd Phillips's Road Trip where he sucks Amy Smart's uh, foot. Um, Amy Smart's uh, also in Starsky and Hutch. He's uh, in. He's he's also in Old School. He's there for the gangbang. Um, what else? Uh, he directed 101 Dalmatians. You could say he's kind of a trailblazer in that regard because he's the first one to direct a Disney remake. Yeah, with Jeff Daniels uh, and Glenn Close, but no Glenn Segal. Yeah. That's what she did. <laughs> wow. You stole the words right out of my mouth. That's what people said when she did with Best Actress for, uh, oh shit, was that movie she was in last year? The Wife? Yo, so yeah. when she was dominated. It was like they're gonna they're gonna give it to her. Like because like there was like a a long run of actresses winning their first Best Actress Oscar after being quote unquote due for movies nobody had seen. Like uh, yeah. Kate Winslet for The Reader or Julianne Moore for Still Alice. And it was Glenn uh, Close's time to shine for The Wife. But then she got <laughs> snaked by Olivia Colman for The Favorite. Oh and, right. Okay. Yes. I have. Uh... No memory for Oscars. Uh, so now uh, Stephen Herrick has been directing MacGyver, which is a show that's oh, nice. still on. Uh, yeah, they. It's on CBS, so nobody. He directed has an seen episode it. of Rush Hour, which is a show that's still on. I don't think so. I don't even know <laughs> it was on ever. Okay, John Fu and Justin Hires. Are you huh? thinking of that 
Lethal Weapon TV show they made that had like oh like, man I I I I didn't see any of that show but I read all the gossip about <laughs> oh, it oh yeah I think I watched the first episode maybe the first two episodes it was not good enough for me to keep watching so mm-hmm. uh, that, oh he's yeah. also directed Dolly Parton's Christmas of Many Colors which I'm sure is delightful yeah uh, he's also directed Dolly Parton's Coat of Many Colors which again <laughs> sure is delightful. Yeah, you know, Dolly Parton's involved. Everything she does is delightful. Like that. Was she in Burlesque? <laughs> no. No, okay. no, no. Um, who is in Burlesque? Cher. Uh, Christi- oh, Cher is in Burlesque. Burlesque is pretty good. Uh, he, Queen Stephen, Stephen Herrick also directed uh, Rockstar, which is a movie that I don't particularly <laughs> like, but I've seen about 3,000 times because One Summer is all that was on VH1. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, man. Watching movies on the VH1. Do you want to? Do you want? I love making you guess things. Yes. Do you want to guess who the rhythm guitar player who played the rhythm guitar player in Steel Dragon, the band from Rockstar? Oh uh, well, it's probably not Jason Lee because he's <laughs> in almost famous as the lead singer. <laughs> There's a lot of fucking big future stars in in the in the background of this movie. Oh, is it like uh, it's like that movie That Thing You Do, which had a lot of like sort of people no, not like that. On the uh, like although the lead, the lead guitarist f- is fucking crazy too, and oh. so is the drummer. <laughs> this movie's nuts. Oh man, oh, man. I know it's Mark Wahlberg and Jennifer Aniston. Who could be? Um, All right, I'll just, I'll just, yeah, I'll just, just tell uh, me because, because, like, just otherwise it's just guessing okay. actors. Okay, okay, okay. So first, in the band Blood Pollution. To which Mark Wahlberg is the lead singer of. I don't remember the chronology, if that's the first band or the second band. I know that Steel Dragon is, like, the main band, Mm -hmm. I think. Yeah. Um, Timothy Oliphant plays the rhythm guitar player. In Steel Dragon, Dominic West plays the rhythm guitar player. Oh, wow, McNulty. Jason Bonham plays the drummer. (laughs) Well, that makes sense. Zach Wilde plays Goad, the lead (laughs) guitar player. And Jeff Pilsen from Foreigner plays Jorgen, the bass player. And you know what else? You know what else? Jeff Pilson from Foreigner and earlier Dokken and Dio was in. He voiced Johnny Cage in 2011's Mortal Kombat. Oh wow! So there you go. That is quite the because yeah, most of those aren't actors necessarily. He it's caught like... the acting bug and then ten years ended up in a video game. <laughs> That's the way to do it when you're Jeff. Pilsen. Yeah, Zach Wild, I believe he's also played himself in an episode of Aqua Teen Hunger Force. That would make just, sense. Yeah. Also, apparently, Yardley Smith's uh, uh, birth first name is Martha. Her name is Martha Maria Yardley Smith. Mm. But she goes with the name that's like makes her stick out. Uh, evidently. I watched the movie Legend of Billie Jean, because there there's a channel, like one of those over-the-air channels. It's called like uh, This TV. And they show like weird movies like that, or uh, Harley Davidson, The Marlboro Man, like these movies that you would never watch like without prompting. So I was watching it. It's like a weird, crazy sort of like '80s like um, movie about like this like a uh, woman or this girl who like you know has like this this like crazy uprising, rising, and she's almost like a one woman Thelma and Louise, mm-hmm. and just like all like this, and like uh, it's got like you know Christian Slater is in it, and. Uh, Keith Gordon, that name's familiar. Uh, anyways, Yearly Smith, Dean Stockwell. It's like, um, I think it was probably featured in I Love the 80s at some point, but maybe not the first one. It probably had to wait for I Love the 80s Strikes Back. Maybe mm-hmm. even I Love the 80s 3D, you know. Uh, uh, here's something interesting I just learned. It's kind of 80s uh, adjacent. Well, I love uh, the 80s. Strikes back. Uh, so I was looking at Zach Wilde and realized he didn't play on Ozzy Osbourne's 2010 album Scream, an album oh, wow. that is 
categorically fucking terrible. Well, yeah. And he is replaced by Gus G, a guitar <laughs> player. I don't know. Uh, I was hoping he'd been replaced by Buckethead, because all the guitars oh. should be replaced by Buckethead. I mean, how good does it feel when you're like, what happened to the guitar player, and they've been replaced by Buckethead? It's the it's what, you know, Buckethead should be in Slipknot, but he should wear, like, a different mask, and, like, it's, like, a double secret. Also, um, Deadmau5 should be in Slipknot, too. Everybody who wears, like, a, a head thing should be in Slipknot also. So it's like a big old secret thing. Oh, The Rock and is punching a guy in the ring. Uh, I wonder if he's going to deliver a rocked bottom. He's, you think he's here because he wants to promote the new Jumanji movie? Wait a That doesn't come out for a little while. Well, oh, he's going to do the people's elbow, but he's not wearing he's... elbow pads. How is he supposed to do it? Is he going to rip off his skin? Do you think that The Rock <laughs> has a, a copyright on SmackDown? Pop, uh, he delivered it. Classic... All right, we're done. No, we have to do a few more minutes. Oh, wait, rock well, bottom, okay. <laughs> Why? <I'm good. laughs> because we always usually do for like a half hour. We have to deliver people what they expect. We can't cut an episode short just because we're doing a bad job. I'm distracted and you're tired. That We have to, you know, make the donuts, as they say. And talk okay, about the well, let me tell you, let me, let, me, let me read you some of Buckethead's album oh, titles, okay? Please do. Uh, okay, his first album is called Buckethead Land. First of all, Buckethead has, uh, I want to say, like 20, out, 20 records. Wow, he's very prolific. Um, and this, these are just his main studio albums. He's got a number of singles and something called the Pike series. Uh, Buckethead Land, uh, Giant Robot, Third Day, The Day of the Robot, excuse me, mm. Colma, Monsters and Robots, Somewhere Over the Slaughterhouse, <laughs> Funnel Weaver, Bermuda Triangle, which is a cool name for an album. Electric Tears, which is also a cool name for an album. <laughs> Buckethead Land 2, which is a terrible name for an album. <laughs> Island of Lost Minds. Population <laughs> Override, which I gotta love. The Cuckoo Clocks of Hell. Enter the Chicken. <laughs> <laughs> this one's one. really good. Kaleidoscalp. <laughs> this one, this one fucking rules. Inbred Mountain. <laughs> this is the best thing we've ever done this podcast. The Elephant Man's Alarm Clock. Crime Slunk Scene. <coughs> Pepper's Ghost. Decoding the Tomb of Banshee Bot. Mm. Cyber, cyborg Slunks. Albino Slug. Slaughterhouse on the Prairie. <laughs> this Man, is amazing. Okay, so in 2009, he put out four records. Oh, wow. Slaughterhouse on the Prairie, A Real Diamond in the Rough, which sounds like something, like a record he made without the bucket on his head. Ooh. Forensic Follies, which sounds like B-Sides, and Needle in the Slunk Stack, which also sounds like B-Sides. Hmm. Shadows Between the Sky, Spinal Clock, Captain EO's Voyage, which sounds <laughs> sketchy, uh, Electric Sea, and his final album from 2000, <laughs> 2017, and I think it's a live one, Bucket Hand Land, oh, Bucket Head Land 5 through 13, 1031. I don't know what the numbers stand for. I don't know, but Population Override reminded me that there's the band, I think the band Yacht, or maybe it's a oh. certain band like that. They uh, okay. wrote. Oh my gosh. He has something called the Pike Series, and like legit. Okay, so he has 306 studio albums. Oh, wow. Buckethead is prolific. He's very prolific. It's probably all he does is eat fried chicken for the buckets and then make music. <laughs> you don't think he just... Okay. Oh, my gosh. 
All right. Uh, I really, I'm going to start listening to Buckethead. This is massive. Okay, first of all, he's got a bunch of albums with Brain. Everyone knows that. He's got one album with Bootsy Collins, 1993's Lord of the Harvest. He has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen albums with none other than Aragorn himself, Vigo Mortensen. <laughs> wow. And those started in 1997. So while Mortensen was working on G.I. Jane, <laughs> he recorded his first album with Buckethead. That's. Of course, he's got his album with Guns N' Roses, Chinese Democracy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he's got a bunch of guest appearances, but that oh he's got a bunch of guest appearances on Bootsy Collins records. Wow, he's got a live album with Mike Patton. Mmm, from that one band. He's got a couple of soundtracks. You want to know what soundtracks he's on? Oh yeah, he's on the Last Action Hero soundtrack <laughs> and score. He's on the Johnny Mnemonic soundtrack, a, wow. a title I can never pronounce. The Power Rangers movie, Mortal Kombat movie, Beverly Hills Ninja, Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Uh, Masters of Horror, Saw 2, and he's in the Doom soundtrack. I think that's for the Doom video game, though. Well, they did make a Doom movie starring Dwayne Johnson, a.k.a. The Rock. Yeah. And we brought it back around, baby. Yeah, that's how we do it, and we we killed plenty of time. Reading, yeah, reading <laughs> these stupid album titles. Yeah, I just say, Population Override, that reminded me of the band Yacht, I think it was, recently made an album with the help of artificial intelligence. Like, they just plucked a bunch of words and stuff into like you know like an artificial intelligence and let it come up with lyrics and like song names and album names and population override sounds like it came from like a like an artificial intelligence sort of like you know just taking a bunch of words and be like spitting out an album title and like buckhead was like yes i'll take it population override wow indeed but yeah, so that, this has been a great episode of chris and matt uh love buckethead our <laughs> podcast dedicated to all things buckethead uh thank you gabber media I'll listen to another Gabriel podcast. Uh, you know, you can subscribe to this podcast in various places, leave comments or reviews or whatever based on various places and ratings. Um, uh, do we do we, we tell people that we're on Twitter? I don't remember if we still do that, but if we do, uh, I'm on there at Chris X Morgan. I'm at M. Shimkowitz. And uh, yeah, this has been uh, a top-notch A-plus 100% episode of Chris and Matt Skim Wikipedia. Uh, next time you hear from us, hopefully we won't be sick and tired, respectively. And uh, we won't have to rely on a, a bucket head to carry us for the last five minutes of the podcast. Bye.